This is Bigger Pockets Daily, and it's Friday. I'm Tyler, and the article I'm about to share comes from the Bigger Pockets blog. You can find a wealth of information on the site, or by searching Bigger Pockets in any podcast app. Maybe that's how you found this show. So let's get to it. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Active or passive? How to benefit from both management styles in your portfolio. By Ilana Polyak. For decades, a fierce debate has been raging in investing circles. Which is better? Active or passive management? According to the active management crowd, a talented stock or bond picker can find a way to rise above the averages and deliver performance. During times of volatility like today's coronavirus-inspired market swings, managers should be able to find better performing stocks or ones that might escape the widespread pounding. Passive managers, on the other hand, believe that the pursuit of market-beating performance is futile because beating the market is hard. Many investors have tried and failed to gain an investing edge. Their aim is simply to mimic an index, whether it's the Standard & Poor's 500, the NASDAQ, or the FTSE, without placing bets on which stock will rise and which will falter. The indexers believe that for every early-stage Google, a hot stock picker might turn up. It's just as likely they'll end up with a Pets.com, the early internet phenom that crashed spectacularly. Most of the juice of stock market returns is in just a few names, but you run an equal risk of not capturing those names, said Jim Rowley, senior investment strategist with indexing powerhouse Vanguard. If you have a diversified portfolio, you are more likely to own the names that drive those returns. Lately, it looks like passive investing has the upper hand. 
In August 2019, the assets in U.S.-based passively managed equity mutual funds and exchange-traded funds overlooked those in active funds for the first time, according to Morningstar, Inc., the investment research firm. In 2020, passive equity funds commanded 51.2% of the market. This is the product of a 10-plus-year bull market that really favors index funds, says Charles Sizemore. He's the chief investment officer of Sizemore Capital Management, noting that in the last bear market, actively managed funds didn't perform much better than their passive brethren. Index funds are doing really well because more money is going into index funds, which means more money is going into the stocks of index funds. It's a circular thing. Is it time to declare the era of passive management here? Yes, indeed. But don't discount active management just yet. Index investing's long road to prominence. When John Bogle created the first index funds at the Vanguard Group in 1975, retail investors lagged far behind investment pros. The mutual funds available to them were expensive and failed to keep pace with the performance that savvy investors generated. Bogle reasoned that most of an investor's returns come simply by participating in the market, a concept known in investing as beta. To get the most benefit out of an investment, investors needed to overcome the usual hurdles to performance, which Bogle identified as fees and taxes, so they could get more beta out of their investments. Bogle lowered those hurdles with index funds. Index funds were able to keep their fees low because they didn't need to employ armies of research analysts and managers to monitor their holdings. And by following an index, these funds only trade when a stock enters or falls out of the index. That keeps trading costs down and tax burden to a minimum. It took a while for Bogle's idea to catch on, but it ended up revolutionizing investing by driving down investment costs throughout the industry. Investors can access so many strategies and regions of the world for just a fraction of the cost than it would have cost in the past, says Ben Carlson, Director of Institutional Asset Management with Ritholtz Wealth Management. Passive investing is available in mutual funds the main investment vehicle in employer-sponsored retirement plans, such as 401ks and 403bs. It's also a mainstay of exchange-traded funds, ETFs, which really helped indexing take off. Unlike mutual funds, ETFs can only be bought and sold through a brokerage firm, but their fees are even lower. Discount brokers and the new crop of low-cost digital asset allocators have helped investors get access to passive strategies at ever-lower price points. ETFs are everything that's great about index mutual funds, plus tax efficiency, plus liquidity, says Sizemore. The evidence mounts. A big part of the appeal of indexing is the growing body of evidence of its performance, which is largely a function of its lower fees. It's simple math. The less an investment charges, the lower the performance it needs to achieve to beat out more expensive alternatives. In a recent paper, Vanguard looked at the gross performance of active and passive managers and found no difference. In other words, when all things were equal, the two types of managers had similar performance results. But all things aren't equal. Passive managers tend to charge less for their products, and they tend to have lower trading costs, too. When those things are factored in, passive investments win, 
And since those factors are persistent, they impede performance during bull and bear markets. Vanguard found that in the financial crisis of 2007 and 08, just 44% of active managers outperformed. Indexing works because of the zero-sum theory, explains Rowley of Vanguard. If there is an average return, then for every dollar that does better than the average, there's a dollar that does worse. What the indexer says is, I'm happy to take the market average and let all you active managers duke it out. Indeed, according to the S&P Indices versus Active Scorecard, SPIVA, a semi-annual report comparing actively managed funds to their benchmarks, just more than 12% of all actively managed funds outperform in the last 15 years. The record is even worse in some asset classes like emerging markets, mid- and small-cap stock, and international markets, where less than 10% of managers pulled off the feet. Yet, during certain periods, active management holds its own. According to Morningstar, 44% of active funds beat the passive benchmark for their categories in 2019, with growth funds having the most success. Two-thirds of those types of funds pulled off that feat. Too much of a good thing? For all of indexing's positives, the style isn't without its controversies. First, there is the natural resentment from adherents of active management who believe it can go too far and distort the markets. One hyperbolic critique came in 2016 from the investment firm Bernstein. Inigo Fraser Jenkins, an analyst, wrote, A supposedly capitalist economy where the only investment is passive is worse than either essentially planned economy or an economy with active market-led capital management essentially comparing indexing to Marxism. Today, some in the investment community worry that too much money going into passive strategies artificially inflates stock prices and creates a bubble. With this current downturn, they argue, stock prices will take an even worse hit than they normally would have. That's an argument that Carlson of Ritholtz likens to chastising someone for adopting too many healthy eating and exercise habits. And, Vanguard argues, on a global basis, indexing is still a fraction of total investment dollars. But that's not to say that investors can't get carried away with indexing. While index funds themselves are passive, investors tend to use them in active strategies. An investor might quickly swap out a natural resources fund if they believe that sector might falter and opt for, say, utilities or infrastructure that might offer better opportunities. The structure of ETFs, which trade like stocks through a brokerage, enables these rapid-fire trades. Those behaviors can undermine the benefits of indexing. The low cost and tax efficiency of indexing can be eaten away with bad trades, notes Carlson. A place for both. But even some dyed-in-the-wool indexers acknowledge that active strategies can have a place in an investor's portfolio. Some investors use a core and explore or core and satellite strategy to get the best of both active and passive management. Core and explore acknowledges that it's hard to beat indexing for market exposure. Developed markets, where investors are advised to have the lion's share of their assets, are so efficient that it's hard to imagine an investing edge that active management could offer. For that, 
It's best to just have market exposure at the lowest price possible through passive strategies. Then, for the possibility of outperformance, known as alpha, you might look at active managers with a proven track record of outperformance in their particular segment of the market. There are smaller markets in some geographies around the world where active management can add value. That's what Roger Young said. He's a senior financial planning at T. Rowe Price, a family of actively managed mutual funds. But not all active managers are created equal. For active managers to be worthwhile, they must have low fees, have a proven track record, and have the resources to do investment analysis, Young says. Morningstar's research bears this out. The cheapest active funds managed to outpace their benchmarks at about twice the rate as the priciest. Sizemore, for one, believes that active managers have a place in his clients' portfolios if they offer true diversification. He seeks out actively managed funds that are uncorrelated with the market and have the ability to invest in completely different fare. He doesn't use active strategies to eke out a point or two about performance. Instead, he uses active strategies for downside protection for his clients who are near or at retirement. For example, funds that can hedge or short securities have this potential and could be a ballast against widespread market losses. The older you are, the more specialized your needs will be. So pepper in an active strategy such as dividend-generating stocks, he says. Active management has value as a risk management too. Thanks for listening to this show and enjoy your weekend. Me? I'll be back here with another show tomorrow. I can't remember the last time I took a day off.